doesn't matter where you go. They treat you like family. You know, I met some of my best friends there, some of the closest people. I am the new principal here at I'm excited to be traveling around the world. I'm a senior to have Hello! Welcome to the official Ohio State School for the Blind podcast, brought to you by Latrell, Mr. Kelly, and your host, Andre. That is me. This month, we'll be taking a look into the lives of our seniors and their daily activities. We'll be also taking a trip around the world with Miss Wardell in the elementary department. We shall take a trip into the past and talk to some of our alumni and look at OSSB history. We'll also be taking a trip down to Miss Z. Her and her class have started up a hot dog company. And we shall also talk to Mr. Kelly's fifth period class about their summer wrap-ups. Each month, we will bring you a podcast. And I, Andre, will be here alongside you. So let's enjoy the ride and let's get started. Welcome to Hot Dog. I am also a senior at OSSB. All right, welcome back to the 2017 OSSB podcast. Today we have a special guest. Can you state your name for the audience? Yes, I am Danny Ramsey. You probably know me as Mr. Ramsey. What's your job here? I am the new principal here at OSSB. Oh, nice. Where, where do you come from? What school? The last school I was at was Livingston Elementary School. I was an assistant principal there with pre-K through sixth graders. So, so how long have you been in this profession? I have been in the education profession for 15 years. I was a teacher. I taught every subject. I probably have taught over two, 3,000 students in my lifetime. So I've been around a long time. Nice, nice. So how is it uh, transitioning to a new small setting like this? I absolutely love OSSB. It's, it's an amazing school. The staff has been wonderful. The students are great. Everyone is working with me, and I'm just enjoying this transition. So, um, can you tell me a little more about yourself? Sure. Well, what things would you like to know? Your life. Uh, um, okay. What, what made you become uh, into professional teaching? All right. I'll just go back to my life, and then I'll follow up with the next question. Right. Um, I am married. I've been married for a long time, <laughs> 18 years, to a wonderful woman. Her name is Kenya. I have a daughter who is 13 years old in middle school. She's an eighth grader. Um, I am from Toledo, Ohio originally. I was born and raised there. I grew up in Toledo and moved to Columbus probably about 15 years ago when I became an educator. What was your uh, other question? I, I'm sorry. I forgot. So what made you become an educator? That's a good question and that's a long answer and I'll give you the short version of the long answer. I had a teacher, Mr. Kameen, that kind of influenced me and he never told me to go in education or anything like that, but I just liked what he did, and I wanted to emulate what he was doing. I thought about the impact I could make with students, and it was the only choice for me. If my dad, by the way, is a pastor who, who he's kind of like a teacher, however, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so it's the same concept. And I have two sisters who are both in education, who are both teachers as well. You liking OSSB so far? Love OSSB. Been out to the track. I worked with the track students a little bit. That was fun. I can't wait to go back. I pop my head into every class every day, at least a little bit. If not, if I can't stay long, I like to stay for a little bit just to learn a little bit more about OSSB. Nice. So, so is OSSB different from uh, what you're used to? Yes and no. 
yes, it's a little different because some of the things are different here at OSSB. Um, some of the rules and procedures here are different at, at OSSB. But what I've learned in my time is the students are students. And it doesn't matter where you go, students are students. Nice. Well, I hope we have many long years with you. Thank you, Andre. I really appreciate that. I, I plan on being here for a long time. Thank you. For the next 20 minutes or so, we're going to take a flashback and talk about OSSB in the 1970s and 1980s. Joining me via a remote interview is none other than Kevin Burton, very successful student here at OSSB and very successful after leaving OSSB. So sit back and enjoy Kevin's story and his experiences here at the Ohio State School for the Blind. Today I'm here with Kevin Burton. going to take us back in the time machine, 70s and early 80s, and talk about OSSB, how life was, the sights and the sounds, and more importantly, the people at the Ohio State School for the Blind. So Kevin, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much, Dan. Thanks for having me. Kevin, just tell us your story. What? Uh, when did you come to the School for the Blind? How long were you there? When did you graduate? That kind of thing. Well, I came in the fall of 1972. Johnny Nash, as I can see clearly now, was on the radio at that time, if that's any kind of a signpost for people. Uh, stayed until... I graduated in 1981, and I was there the whole time except uh, the last half of my junior year, I went to public school in Wichita, Kansas, but it was uh, a life-shaping experience for me, and, um, you know, it, it really pretty much set up everything that followed afterward. I was a residential student back in those days. Uh, there were very few day students, uh, just a handful. And the the school systems around the state were sending quite you know a lot of blind people. We had uh, I think we were close to or maybe even over 200 uh, students at one point early on when I was there. So with 200 students, I'm sure that the class sizes were were fairly large in terms of a residential setting. Yeah, for for uh, for residential schools, they were, and the the cottages were pretty pretty well filled yeah so how many how how many guys did you have to room with at one time well uh three four was the most that they could get in a room and it was always uh between uh one other guy and three others but my my first year i had uh three roommates but one was a day student one of the few day students so there were three of us at night okay all right. If you had to to think of like your kind of your golden era there, um, can you walk us through maybe a typical day back in the late seventies or you know eighty eighty one? What it was like for a high school student during that time? Well, the high school days. I had one teacher who called the school a country club. He didn't think uh, we were challenged enough. Um, I think that that probably was 
close to being right, um, <laughs> if if not you know a hundred percent of the time. But uh, but I you know but school came easier for me I guess than it did for some people. So yeah. it was um, I pretty much liked all my classes. Most of my classmates hated English. I never understood that because it came so easy for me. So it was. Um, you know, you had your class comedians, and <laughs> yeah. we squeezed in a little learning around that, kind of. Yeah. And um, so, I remember slamming lockers and um, yelling in the hallway and, and um, <laughs> all those kinds of sounds. Uh, yeah, well, that's, uh, that's some good stuff there, always. Um, I don't think that's changed, because <laughs> that kind of thing is still going on, and... Uh, in, in your house, uh, as you like. To well, call. we we um, we all, we really didn't know what we had. Um, we we got a lot of enjoyment out of it, but uh, we kind of kicked every step of the way. Um, I remember in those days, we used to just complain about everything. Little did we know we had nothing to complain about, and we even called the place the, a, a prison, and the. <laughs> We always called it the Braille Jail. The Braille Jail. I got you. Locked in, well, that's... By, locked in by the dots, huh? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's clever, but not necessarily wise. So, <laughs> um, And I think what exactly happened for us and, and to us was that um, we got our first taste of, uh, you know, freedom and, and being halfway anyway grown up before years before we got our first taste of real responsibility so um Is, you that had us rattling around and uh you know rebelling against the few things the few responsibilities we really had you know you'd have to we had our chores you know you'd have to maybe it was your week to mop the showers out or uh wash the the mirrors or something and then you, that one thing that you had and you just you know chafed against that <laughs> <laughs> yeah it taught us some life lessons and i'll tell you you know thinking about just my time there um i i remember my my first when they first brought me in fourth grade you know i cried because i had to leave home and i i distinctly remember graduating and you know being in tears that it was all over so there was uh, there were some teardrops in the front end of it and some teardrops at the end but most everything in the middle was, uh, even if I didn't know it at the time, was truly wonderful. And uh, with some lifelong friends and, um, you know, it was really family. Yeah, you, you know, the blind school, right? I've had that same kind of experience myself going to the Alabama school for the blind. And you do get that, you do get that connection um, where you're close to friends because you're with them all the time, and you're also close to your teachers, and you're close to your youth leaders as well. So, you know, I can definitely understand that kind of a thing, but going back to the day. They would wake us up, and we would, uh, you know, get ready for breakfast, which somebody else cooked, you know, uh -huh. <laughs> talking uh -huh. about complaining about everything. So we get ready for breakfast, and, and then after that, we get ready for school, and it was all about... Um, you know, doing your homework at the last minute sometimes, but, you know, just getting dressed and getting your books and stuff together and uh, comparing notes with your uh, with your classmates and everything. And um, 
we had our commute, you know, up the sidewalk to <laughs> to the to the main yeah. building to uh, to go to go to class, and um, you know, the classes were a, a little bit of uh, you know, it, it we did learn some things, and but we had some who were uh, comedians, and uh, they used to call it cutting up back then. Uh-huh. And um, I was more of an instigator, you know. Okay. Um, I had uh, one of my track coaches that uh, some folks, some of my contemporaries will remember, Jim Rimmer, um, came to me uh, one time and said, uh, he said, uh, you know what, you're the key to the class. If I can control you, I can control the class. And I just got this dumb smile on my face, like that was the biggest compliment <laughs> that uh, somebody could have given me. You know, it, it kind of did foreshadow some things that I have done later in life where I was just the key driver for uh, for certain things. Certainly not in every circumstance, but that was one thing I remember that was memorable. One of my teachers said to me, I remember Cliff Sagendorf, who some will also remember. I don't think he taught at the school a long time because he used to... He liked to reinvent himself, and he'd go do something completely different. Okay. But uh, Cliff told me one time, I think he wrote this on one of my papers, that uh, you know, don't be afraid to share some of your humor because it's too good to keep to yourself. And that was an example of a teacher going out of his way to uh, build something into one of the students and encourage. So uh, I have never forgotten that. And he was absolutely right because humor means a lot to a lot of people, um, and it, it gets you through uh, yeah. or helps you through some situations in life. So, right. um, so just a lot of those memories from uh, classroom settings. And you mentioned youth leaders earlier. We just lost one of my uh, favorites, uh, Reggie Anglin. He was he was quite a character. He was. Uh, Someone who, you know, he would challenge us, but um, he was, let's see, he graduated in, what, 72? Yeah, he graduated the year that you came to OSSB. Okay, okay, so. And and, and um, if I remember correctly, didn't he tell you to stop hurting Burton? (laughs) He he used to say, Burton, you're hurting. So (laughs) he was like, almost like, you know, one of the, one of the big, you know, big brothers are just like one of the kids almost sometimes. And, um, you know, I never knew back then that we were that close in age. But, um, you know, Reggie would, he liked to have fun and he, he liked to, uh, you know, he was a smart guy, though. And yeah. he, he read the bulletin. We had, we had the, the news of the week was read every Friday morning. And during his time there, he read that bulletin. Okay. And um, so you, you know, got you he, guys did that before breakfast. No, it was the bulletin was on. Um, I think it was first period. Okay. Your first, first class period uh, on Friday morning was the bulletin. Okay. And so, um, so he used to read that, and he would uh, he'd write it up. I'd see him writing it up uh, during the week, and uh, proofreading and checking it out. So okay. You know he. He challenged us to, to grow up and to, uh, you know, respect each other. And um, a lot of good memories of him. And, 
you know, we all get a chance, or we all get a turn to go, to die, but uh, it's uh, it's painful to see some of your contemporaries um, pass on like that. We sure stand with you on that, because, you know, every family hates to lose one of their own, that's for sure. During your time there, you were, you were there in, in one of the biggest events that affected Ohio, and that was a blizzard of 78. What was OSSB like during that time when when Ohio was buried, you know, 10 feet under snow or however much we got? Well, I, I remember waking up and the youth leader said, there's no school today. It's like, how can there be no school today? And she said, well, there was a, a big snow or a blizzard or, or whatever. And I said, well, how much snow can you get that's going to close down a residential school? And I guess I wasn't clued in that teachers had to drive in uh-huh. <laughs> to get there. Right. But um, it was a lot of snow. I mean, it was unbelievable. I can remember once we finally, I don't know how they got plows or whoever, uh, made a path for us on those big sidewalks. Um I remember the drifts being as, as tall as I am, or as I was on both sides. You know, it was it was unbelievable. It's like a, a wall, two walls of snow, and it was. Um, you know, we had some different activities that we had during that time. We didn't have classes, and um, I bet you we wore out those youth leaders though, because they weren't used to having us 24/7. It was. <laughs> Oh, it's 8.30 and they're gone. <laughs> Never uh, seen that much snow um, until I, I, I worked in Alaska for a while. And, of course, you know they have a ton of snow. But uh, well, it's, it's, it, it was I'm, unbelievable. I'm glad you and brought that. Was, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. I was going to say it was just a big party. Yeah. I'm glad you brought Alaska up because you have had a lot of adventure and experience after you left the school for the blind and and maybe you could talk a little bit about those experiences and 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 talk about you know either how OSSB prepared you for those or maybe you know maybe how it didn't prepare you for those you know cuz there's no family or 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 organization that is perfect um but uh, you have you have definitely went out uh after you graduated and uh you know, one of my one of my philosophies of, of life is, you know, if you don't think it can be done, do it anyway. And uh, and you I sort saw of saw you on saw you on TV saying that once. <laughs> yeah. Made me scream out, made me scream out in my living room because that's you singing my song right there. <laughs> and OSSB did prepare me for that, and and precisely how it did it was in the form of confidence because. Before I got there, you know, I was fairly smart, and then I was kind of lazy, and uh, I didn't have any confidence at all. And, um, you know, I got to be a leader at the School for the Blind. I got to play varsity sports. I got to try things. I got to, uh, nobody succeeds at everything, but I got enough confidence. We even had a little newspaper at uh, my senior year, a little mimeographed newspaper that we uh, worked on, okay. and uh, we called it the Western Sky. Uh, well, we were off in, a, in some other ways too, but <laughs> that was that was just one example of, of the confidence I got from just from some of the things. And 
as I uh, graduated and moved on into things, I wanted to be a journalist. I finally got there. You know, not a lot of editors, publishers thought a, a blind person could do the news full time. And uh, I tell you, I, I applied everywhere. I yeah. mean, everywhere. And I had a fistful of rejection letters. I used to keep them for some reason. Uh -huh. And I finally said, because um, there's a magazine called Editor and Publisher, and the job openings are in the back in journalism. And so I, I got those job openings, and I said, you know, I bet you nobody else really wants to go to Alaska. Right. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to compete for those, and I'll be working against or competing against fewer people and improve, improve my odds. And that's how I got in. I, I um, so that was my first full-time newspaper job. I um, applied to the Nome Nugget <laughs> and to the Frontiersman in Wasilla. So well, I don't know which sounds colder, the Nome Nugget or the Frontiers. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, Nome. That sounds. That sounds pretty frozen up there. <laughs> Nome is the end point of the Iditarod uh, sled dog race. Right. And it, right. it is, um, I am so thankful to God above that I got the other one instead of the Nome Nugget. So <laughs> it was the Frontiersman in, uh, I lived in Palmer, and um, Wasilla, uh, Alaska, is where the newspaper office was. So that's, that's where I really fulfilled my life's dream. I went on to work at some other places, but that was the place where um, I proved to myself and to any, you know, fair-minded, objective viewer that a blind person could do the news and uh, do it well. I, I won some awards, including a statewide award oh, in sports as a sports columnist. Um, so it, it was uh, it was very very rewarding and. Um, you know, I, I have reflected over the years that as a as a high partial at the School for the Blind, I spent my childhood describing the world to people who couldn't see it. Right. Uh, to some people, anyway, who couldn't see it, and that's in some ways you can say that's what a journalist does. So, yeah. every, every blind person who's employed has fought an uphill battle to get there, and so, um, you know, so, I have a lot of respect for that, and I guess that's the message. What is it? empowers someone to keep, you know, to stay hungry, to chase their dreams, to to find that job that they want to do, to, you know, so they can, so they can raise that family or, you know, live the way that they want to live. I've always said a, a good teacher is worth his or her weight in gold. And the gold comes out in somebody's life down the road. And it's it's about who then that person will reach out and mentor, you know, as as just a friend or a fellow blind person or whatever. It's not about what you can't do. If if there are a handful of things that you can't do because of visual acuity, then maybe that's so. But you can still carve out a good niche for yourself. And there's no reason a blind person can't achieve in in some arena. Right. And uh, those teachers who are out there uh, holding students to high standards, uh, I applaud. And I, I'm very grateful to that work. You know, be professional. Right. And I like to just set a good example, um, you know, to be out in the sighted world and just to excel and do something great and just make them scratch their heads. And, you know, I, I just didn't know blind people could right. achieve at that level. So that's been a motivator for me. Yeah.
you know, it really does my heart good to see uh, blind people succeed. I want to see them get their due. And um, so that is, you know, part of what I've carried with me through whatever work I've been doing. Kevin, do you got any parting words of wisdom that you want to pass on to our future graduates of OSSB or, you know, that what we want to do is is create strong connections with the alumni uh, and, our, and our folks that are coming up now and our administration and our teachers and our community. Uh, that's what this podcast is all about. And uh, I couldn't think of a better person to, to start us out with the time machine or the time capsule. I really haven't come up with a good name for, for this segment uh, of the podcast yet. But I, I really think it's important, you know, to reach back, talk with people who, who know the history, who have lived through different times than what we live in now, you know, focus on the, the things that are the same and the things that, that may be different now than they were then. Yeah, I think yeah, I think you said it. I mean, I, I wouldn't have uh, more advice than just how you summed it up. It's it's um, you've got resources, you've got all these people, and they've been through everything. Um, so I remember there there was a day when I knew everything, right? Oh, so maybe yeah. some people are still at that stage, <laughs> but when you get over that a little bit, uh, you know, maybe reach out to some of the older blind um, people who who have been gone through these experiences and you know you're gonna get something from that you know as you age yourself you're gonna pass that on to some of the younger folks um, but uh, you know don't be afraid to reach out and, and uh, enjoy some of the stories and um, just some of the some of the techniques and some of the barriers that Different people have different ways of getting around certain things, and there's a lot that a, that a person can learn. Aside from the fact that it's just, um, you know, it's just a great big family, and you want to keep in touch, and uh, it's just very rewarding to have been a part of it and to uh, to still be a part of it. It's, uh, you know, it's something that um, I I'm, I will never forget. I I can't forget, and. Um, would never try to. It's just something that um, is a part of me that um, is uh, it's going to be a part of me until the day I die. Thank you so much, Kevin. I really appreciate you taking the time to uh, share your experiences with with the family. My pleasure. Thanks very much for having me. It was an honor to uh, to be on the first podcast, and um, you know, looking forward to uh, hearing from some people and doing some things and. Uh, uh, let's keep this one going. Yeah, I like this idea a lot. That, and this is what we're going to do now. I may edit this part out, but do you want to sing a few bars of the alma mater for everybody? <laughs> well, I, I will sing it and do it with you. <laughs> you know, I, I know it's in the key of A major, and I know the melody, but I can't remember the words. I can remember notes, but I can't remember words. So, There's no way you're putting that on the air. So... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right, because I'm always about can and not about can. Thank you very much, Kevin. 
Up next, we'll hear from Mr. Kelly and Mrs. McCard's fifth period technology classes as they share the good times that they had over their summer vacation. Troy, and I'm going to be talking about my summer wrap-up. I went camping with my family uh, two times. So the first uh, time that we went, uh, we went to this place, and it's called Cowan Lake. And uh, they had a beach over there, because some camps have beaches. And uh, all of us went swimming. We, we took our dog over there, and some of you might not know his name, or the dog that I have, his name's Andy, and my baby sister's name is Marina, and but we took uh, them over there with the rest of us, we swam. Um, one of my funny parts that I've ever seen Andy do was when he was doggy paddling in the water, like he did like a, you know how dogs like swim with their legs, like they do with dog paddling. Um, so when you were camping, did you cook food out over the fire? Oh, yes, we did do that. We cooked marshmallows and hot dogs. Ooh, that's fun. All those usual stuff that you need to cook for a fire, unless if you were wanting some food. Did you sleep in a tent? Yes, I did. Some of us slept in a camper, some of us slept in a tent. They had a pool over there, but you didn't have to pay. Because some pools you have to pay, some pools you don't have to pay. But we didn't have to pay for that one. But... It was kind of like, it was almost like it was getting chilly out. Like, it was, first it was sunny, like it was kind of getting hot, and then the wind started blowing, and then it was getting like a little chilly. So we had to keep on deciding if, like, eh, we wanted to go swimming. But they had a playground over there. That was one of my favorite parts. I loved to swing. Me too. And I've done that. I actually took my baby sister down the slide once. And with my dog down the slide. Did he like it? I think he did. I mean, he didn't like, like he didn't like, uh, what's the word? Yeah. Did Uh, your mom take pictures? Yeah. Cool. He didn't whine. No. I would think he would whine like. All right, so let's move on, Bryce. I believe you're next. Yes. All right, Bryce, let's talk about your summer. You went to Florida, didn't you? Yeah, I did um, on July 25th. And uh, we packed like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich on the trip. And just my my uh, wireless headset with my uh, phone and stuff so I could do stuff on, while I'm up there at least. Yeah, so did, did they make you put your phone in airplane mode? Obviously. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I always yeah. have it. I never done that with my phone. So what was uh, what was Florida like? Did you did you go to the beach or anything? When you I did go um, on, uh, I uh, think it was, I think it was, when, I think it was Friday, I think, yeah. Yeah. How would you describe the waves and sand and all that? Uh, well, yeah, it can be cold, but it's pretty good now. It's the waves, we had, like, it's pretty cool, because if you have a boogie board now, you can, like, float around it, but you got to make sure to hold on to it. If it's big, otherwise you lose it. Uh, the way that the ocean will snatch it away from you, won't it? Yeah, that, that did happen, like, I think once or twice. Yeah. <laughs> um, there we, we even had our own um, pool with this, a uh, swimming pool with a screen, so no bugs and stuff in there. But we also have a, pool, like, a water park, I don't know if it's a water park, it's a pool at the restaurant, and there. 
the waterfall. So what I did was I put my head under the waterfall, like tip this way, and put it, <laughs> and then so like yeah, a tunnel. Yeah, Bryce is looking left and looking right. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because the audio wasn't going to catch that. So, <laughs> how long did you stay in Florida? Well, we stayed till 25th through the 30th. So, down there about a week, huh? Yeah, we stayed there for a week. Yeah. We came back Sunday. Okay, thank you, Bryce. William. Well, I didn't have much of a summer since it. R- do you know where Toledo is? Toledo, yes. Yeah, in mm-hmm. that area, it rained every time my mom had a day off. It rained. Oh, great. Yeah, so they didn't have much of a summer. Do you like rain? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do, you like, do you like listening to it? Oh, yeah. Me too, and thunder. So it sounds like you enjoyed listening to the rain a lot this summer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it sounds like there was a lot of rain. Yeah. Okay. Because, you know, I spend my money all the time. Taylor. Okay. How are you today? I'm good. All right. Tell, us, like tell us about your summer. Summer wrap-up. So, after school got out for, like, the past few weeks, my church did archery, which is a sport that I do in my hometown. Helped my sister get her stuff ready for when her baby comes in January. Oh. Aww. I'm really excited. She's having a boy. Oh. And my parents had cookouts. Tons of them, actually. Wow. With my uh, grandparents. And I actually have a new experience now that I love doing, which I did a lot this summer. I rode my dad's Harley motorcycle. Awesome. Oh, cool. By yourself? No, with my dad. I'd never be able to drive it. (laughs) Did did you wear a helmet? Yes. Oh, good. (laughs) Otherwise, my mom wouldn't have let me. So then... I rode it from New Philly to Strasburg, oh. um, and my church had game nights, oh. and they also had vacation Bible schools, so I volunteered and helped with the little toddlers. Oh, fun. And my parents moved on another side of New Philly, so we had a house party, and that was a chaos. <laughs> After they left, the whole place was a wreck. <laughs> what was a uh, mess with? My cousin has a little boy, mm-hmm. and he is a year and a half, and right now he's in his terrible twos. <laughs> so he destroys everything. <laughs> I didn't know toddlers were that messy. Oh, dang. But that brings us to Connie. Yep. And, and then Chantel and Alyssa. And uh-huh. So, Connie, tell us about your summer. So, my name is Connie, and my summer was really, really good. I went to two camps. The first one is ECC, and I got to see... My favorite two teachers of technology of all times. I saw Mr. Kelly and Ms. Picard. They're my two favorites. Uh-huh. And then, and then um, we made pizza and ILS. Uh, did some talking typer and technology. Yeah. We went to Fresh Time. That was awesome. I tried some samples. The pizza was so good. And so was the orange juice. Oh, that was fresh squeezed. Yes. Fresh squeezed orange juice. Yes. Yeah, I and then yeah. I think there was a peanut butter machine. That yeah. Was, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was cool. And in the cottages, we went to the movies. We went swimming at the West Westerville Rec Center. I did the Lazy River the whole time. So. That's fun. It is. We got ready for our cookout, and then 
I went to band camp. We're doing the Beach Boys for our theme this year. Oh, great. Yeah, what do you play in band? Uh, flute. Oh, flute, okay. Yeah. Okay, do we have anybody else in the band in here? No. Troy and... Troy? That's it. Troy, what do you play? Same thing as Connie does. Okay. Yeah, and also another flute player. That were my camps for this year. And then in June, I went to Yorksville uh, Water Park with my dad. And I did the scariest slide ever. You, you had to sit on this like inner tube thing. And you'd, my dad was in the back. I was in the front. And I get scared of heights very easily. I see one of those before. I've done that before. Really? It's scary. That's yeah. so, fun, though. Yeah, it's right. fun, but scary. Mm. But yeah, it was fun. All right. Yeah. Thank you, Connie. And that brings us around to Chantel. Yeah. Chantel, you want to tell us about your, your summer? My summer was okay. And I went to the zoo. So my grandma went mm. to a nursing home. Yeah. And Is I that where you got to see her? Yeah. She's not oh. really good. And my favorite part was the summer I went in a boat at the zoo. Cool. Oh, and I fun. and we got I got scooped with water. That happens sometimes. It was my first time I rode in a boat. Cool. cool. With you. My mom and my sister and her. Hmm. And her boyfriend. The oh. bad thing but the summer um I wish it was we had more summer it just wasn't long enough it just wasn't long enough alright thank you Chantel alright Alyssa okay. tell us about your yeah. summer <laughs> for my summer um, my twin got a job uh, she works at Kroger's Okay, great. Uh, I went to um, help one of my neighbors, like, study uh, with their homework. Okay. Um, so I, I was helping one of my neighbors. Um, Didn't you also tell us about doing some oh yard yeah. work this summer? And I did some yard work, which I hated. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was hot out. It was really hot out. And I had to shovel dirt and put it in a barrel and then dump it. It was really hot. <laughs> I did not like that. So where, where were you moving dirt? Um, we were moving dirt because um, oh, uh, our backyard doesn't have like dirt in it. So we had to move all the dirt that was on the ground, and shovel it, put it in the backyard, and then level it out. Okay. Which right. I didn't like that at all. All right. Well, tomorrow we will finish this up. Okay. All right. It's time to meet the seniors. All right. So up next we have three of our OSSB seniors, and they're going to tell you about their daily lives here. Next month we'll have three more. All right. Let's get the show on the road. My name is Alex Crawford, and I'm a senior at the Ohio State School for the Blind. Uh, part of my day at the Ohio State School for the Blind is on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I go to Columbus State Community College and take an English class there so I can get dual credit for both high school and college so I can get a head start in my college career. I also do an internship in the staff dining room being a cashier, so I get to take all of the staff's money from them. I'm also a very impressive student athlete. I do track goalball, wrestling, swimming, and forensics. And I'm always willing to help out my fellow students. 
My name is Cameron, and I am also a senior at OSSB. Like Alex, I do the Columbus State program. Great times, great times. I and also like Alex, I do the internship in the uh, staff dining room. What uh, we do is we take this people's money because they're paying for their lunch. It's our job to make sure they pay. Um, I am also an outstanding student. I do track. Well, I primarily do the field part, but I do track. I do goalball. I'm gonna be the mascot this year. And swimming. No, I don't do swimming. I do forensic. Hi, I'm Jody. I'm a senior. I'm going to the college class with them too. We have the best blind band in the land. September the 28th, Panther Nation gathered in the gymnasium to celebrate, recognize, and cheer on the track team, our school band, and our younger athletes who will be participating in the Roby Games next week at the Kentucky School for the Blind. Go Panthers! The O&M department this year is excited to be traveling around the world. This month, we've got to travel with some students to Australia. Some of our activities have included using the book Over in Australia and finding different animals scattered throughout the elementary hallway. And also upstairs, Miss Barden's room is going to be doing some partnership with the Southern Australian School for the Blind. The students will be able to send emails back and forth and it's been real exciting. Next month, we're gonna be traveling to Costa Rica. We're gonna pair that with oh, Hispanic Heritage Month with Mrs. Parrish. Can't wait to travel with you around the world. My name is Philippe. I studied about Australia and I saw some of the things they have there. They have a boomerang, which is something you throw. They have a didgeridoo, which is an instrument and they have some different money than us. Their penny is much bigger than our penny, and they have different cent pieces. For example, they took this one out, but they used to have a two cent piece. A didgeridoo looks like a tube with a wide, with a wide end on one end. You buzz your lips like you're playing a brass instrument. And it sounds kind of like a high tuba. Welcome to the first segment of What's What. Today we're going to be visiting Miss Z as she teaches employability skills. So sit back, relax, and let's roll. Welcome to Hot Diggity Dog. How many do you like hot dog? How many, well, how many do hot dogs want? do I want? I would like one hot dog, please. All right. Are you going to let them know back in the kitchen? Okay. Okay. Tell Corny. Call Dow. Yeah. Yeah, I'm afraid. Yeah, I'm afraid. Say one hot dog. One hot dog. Thank you, Wyatt. 
One hot dog coming right up. So Cordy's gonna hand you your hot dog, and then the next station down you'll pay Sydney at the register. One dollar twenty-five cents. Oh, all right. There's the sound of the register. Gotcha. Enjoy your hot dog. Thank you. I will. Here's your mustard, and that's ketchup. Thank you. Money skills and ordering. Yep. And rail, mm -hmm. how to have appropriate behaviors at work. Yep. They have on new fancy work OSSB work t shirts and hats. Yeah. Uh, so, working on keeping clean uniforms. Oh, wow. Thank you, Miss Z. Thank you, Mr. Kelly. All right, so Andre, what are we doing right now? Right now, we're in the catering kitchen cleaning up some dishes. What are you getting ready for? We're getting ready for a Lions Club meet. We're catering to them. We got uh, fried chicken, macaroni, mashed potatoes, and green beans. We've been eating now a couple of years, and I don't think we've had really a bad meal yet. And tonight was exceptional. The chicken was great, the, uh, delicious salad, and all the trimmings. And uh, you'd probably pay 15 to $20 for the meal we got tonight. All that hard work is appreciated by us. Food was great tonight. I really enjoyed it. And it's uh, been, what, I think it's been a couple years. And all the work is very much appreciated. Music for this podcast was created by Zach in Mr. Kelly's fifth period technology class using GarageBand. Thank you for joining us for this month's OSSB podcast. My team and I had a great and wonderful time putting together and bringing you an insight into OSSB news and current events. And I would like to thank everyone who lent their voices and talents and helped us with this month's podcast. Thank you. Hopefully we get to see you guys next month and we'll be looking forward to any feedback you would like to leave. You can leave feedback at dkelly, that's with an E-Y, at ossb.oh.gov. Thank you. Can't wait to see you guys next month.